Welcome to the Confident Photographers Podcast. Are you a photographer looking for concrete ways to grow your business? Are you sick of getting partial advice from unhelpful sources? Confident Photographers Podcast is where I help photographers strategize ways to take their business to the next level. I'm Julie Renner, and I've been a photographer and educator for over 10 years. Let's get started. Welcome to the Confident Photographers Podcast, where photographers are learning how to build their businesses with confidence. And now your host, Julie Renner. You're listening to the Confident Photographers Podcast, episode number six. Hey there, and welcome back to the Confident Photographers Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today for episode number six. In each of these episodes, I will be speaking to a photographer who is looking for guidance and coaching in their photography business. We will have a session where we strategize and come up with some steps to overcome the struggles that they are currently having in their business. So in this episode, I speak with Lauren Zinn and her business is Zinn Photography. In our conversation, we talk about how Lauren can run a successful mini session event. I spend some time teaching her how to strategize, structure, plan, advertise, and price, and run her mini sessions for a back-to-school theme. We also discuss how to figure out her cost of doing business in order to accurately price her photography services for a profitable business. Before we get started today, I want to announce that I'm doing a fun giveaway. If you're enjoying the Confident Photographers podcast, I would love it if you could go into iTunes and give me a rating and a quick review of the podcast. I will be giving away a three-month subscription to my Confident Business Club to one lucky listener. All you have to do is leave a review of the podcast to be entered into the giveaway. If you would like to find out more information about the Confident Business Club, where you can take your photography business to the next level and be on the podcast, head on over to confidentphotographers.com slash confidentbusinessclub. Okay. Let's take a listen. Well, let's get started. Why don't you take a minute and tell us um, about yourself and your your business name and sort of how you got started with photography. My name is Lauren Zinn um, with uh, Zinn Photography, and I started my business back in May. Um, I did uh, hobby photography since my dad's camera in my hands back in eighth grade, which I have to say was back in 2003. Uh-huh. And so I would do it for 13 years hobby and my friend kind of pushed me. I would I would say gently pushed in the sense of going professional when she took me to a fashion event and said, Lauren, why don't you take photos here? And while I was there, someone say, can you take photos from me and I'll pay you? Ah. <laughs> so, so it started. So um, I've been doing it since then. That's great. Good for you. That's always nice when it sort of falls in your lap and, and you realize it's an opportunity that you might want to take advantage of. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you tell us a little bit about like what you're thinking you want to do in terms of the direction of your company? Like if you were to, cause it sounds like you're very early on in the process. So when you're thinking about moving forward with your business in terms of which genre of photography or what niche you want to kind of focus on, where do you think you want to go with your business? Like a year down the road, where would you like your business to go? Well, um, a year down the road, I would see myself doing um, a, I put myself as a lifestyle photographer, um, mostly because I like to take photos of, you know, people's lifestyles, real self within the photo. Um, I kind of like doing portraits 
um, in ev small events. Okay. Trying to building that up. All right. So are um, you, would you consider yourself still in the phase where you're trying to figure out what direction you want to go? Yeah, I would say that. Um, right now, my friend who, the friend who kind of pushed me into um, doing professional, I wouldn't say push and more nudged. Mm -hmm. uh, she, we've been, t she's a um, illustrator. Okay. Um, and works with graphic design and sh we've kind of, we're talking about thinking maybe working together on some projects oh, like nice. adding that into it very cool very cool yeah so i would say this is a really typical um phase that most beginner photographers or you know maybe not beginner photographers but beginning business owners will go through is this beginning stage of sort of trying different things out and really deciding on what direction you want to take your business um, i do think it's important to have in the back of your mind that eventually you want to kind of narrow that down because it's very difficult to find an ideal client or have one target market when you're when you're specializing in lots of different areas. So it doesn't yeah. mean you have to do that right now or today, but it does mean that just keep that in the back of your mind that, you know, dabble in these different areas in, in the different specialties, but kind of really pay attention to which one fits good for you and which one you enjoy the most and which one you feel like you're most skilled at and plan on narrowing it down at some point because that's really when you can specialize and become a successful business owner is when you can really target in on that client. I agree. Good. Okay, so why don't you tell me right now for you what struggles exactly you're having and what you would like to, me to help you with today? All right. Um, right now, I'm dealing with trying to market myself. Um, I've been dealing with um, trying to figure out where to market, like post my advertisements. I've been finding some, you know, Ripple that I've been doing on my phone pretty much or another one that I've been told about that you work on the computer. But um, I've been mainly just, you know, posting things on, you know, Facebook or Instagram. And I just now gone into Twitter. My place, I guess my biggest thing is about marketing and advertising trying to get my name out there. So I think to take it back a step, I think it's important to think about who you're trying to reach. So do you have someone okay. in mind, you know, a type of clientele that you are trying to reach? Because when I look at your website, you have right. lots of different options on your website in terms of things that you want to look at. So in order to reach your target client, you need to know who that person is. So do you have an idea well, what that would be? Right now, um, I thought I'd go with, uh, with, the whole back to school season right now um coming, uh, since you know school starts up in back in august um, uh -huh. be, you know beginning of september i thought i'd try to go for the moms right now of like uh, posting of like back to school photos is where i'm trying to reach at okay so it's like, like you want to focus doing on... like portraits okay so it sounds like you want to focus for the fall you want to look at children's portraits and that kind of thing is that right yeah Okay. So right now it sounds like, you know, right now it's July, you're thinking ahead towards back to school. You maybe want to focus on marketing to children for back to school sessions. One of the things that you can do is um, think about planning a mini session. Um, have you ever done a mini session or thought about doing mini sessions before? Yes, I've done a couple of them. Okay. 
So, and I have a whole training on mini sessions and I'm going to um, do the, I'm going to do a repeat of that when it gets a little bit closer to August, but just to kind of give you an overview of how to run a successful mini session um, event, really the idea of doing mini sessions is that you want to schedule that for one or two days only. Um, so you are in charge of when you do your mini sessions, okay? So you'll plan for a date and you wanna plan with plenty of time. So give yourself, give yourself you know, a good three to four weeks of planning so that you can come up with your date on your calendar. And then what you're gonna do mm -hmm. is you're going to schedule on that same day several back-to-back -back sessions. And they're going to be like a sample of what you would normally do in a full photo session. Okay, so you're going to maybe do 15 to 20 minutes back-to-back -back session. So say you did a Saturday from 4 in the afternoon to 7.30 in the evening. And each of those sessions would be 15 to 20 minutes a piece. And that way you're getting a lot more bang for your buck and everyone that's booking with you is going to get a sample of what you normally offer, okay? Okay. And so you, schedule multiple clients on the same day. Yeah. You, what you're going to do is you're going to schedule an event and you're going to have back to back um, sessions times available. So session appointments available. And then you're going to advertise for that event. And then the person that contacts you will pick a different time that they will schedule. Okay. Okay. I got you. So, so like maybe you have a four o'clock and you have a 415 and you have a 430 and a 445. So when someone contacts you, you'll give them the choices of what's available and they'll tell you which one they want to book for. Awesome. Okay. That's actually very similar to what I'm doing uh, this Saturday. I'm doing a, um, but mostly it's a free photo day uh -huh. to build up my portfolio. Okay. I'm also doing it with another photographer friend of mine and we're just kind of, we have like almost 24 for people coming over and we're just kind of going to you know shoot about 15 photos and move on to the next per uh, move on to the next person that's great okay and I'll I want to come back to that in a minute but let me finish telling you about the mini sessions and then I'll get back to that so that we can talk about some other things in terms of that mini session but that is actually really good that you're able to get people um, interested even in the free photo session and that way you've got people that are that are in touch with you and once you finish with your free photo day you can use those images and make sure you get a model release so you can use those images to advertise for your back to school sessions okay so um, okay. another very important piece of the puzzle when you're doing a mini session event is to require payment or deposit money up front in order to book their session time, they, they really need to give you some sort of a financial investment because it's very common with mini sessions especially that people will back out at the last minute and they will no-show or they'll cancel and then you're left with slots that you could have sold to somebody else, okay? So whether you charge the full session fee, which is what I recommend, because then you don't have to deal with payment on the day when you've got all these people coming, you know, one after the another, I really recommend charging the entire thing up front and having them pay you by PayPal or something like that ahead of time so that that is done. And then it's also a guarantee that they're going to show up, okay? Okay. And if you decide not to do full payment, I would definitely suggest doing a deposit because there's nothing worse than scheduling an entire mini session event 
and having eight people book and having three people show up. It's a real bummer, you know, because if, if you were collecting payment, you could have gotten other people to fill up those spots potentially. So make sure that you cover yourself and you guarantee with some, because once someone puts a little bit of money into something, they're way more likely to follow through and to show up than they are to sort of, oh, I forgot, or oh, I've got something else that came up that we're going to do instead kind of thing, you know? Okay. And so from there, then um, the other thing that I like to do, and it sounds like you're kind of leaning in this direction, is to make it um, a special theme. And so if you want to do like a back to school theme, this creates sort of like a one-time only, you know, environment where they feel like, well, they're not going to be able to get that back to school theme any other time of year. So if you do, you know, a bucket of apples, or if you do school supplies, or if you do, you know, something that's back to school, you could even have the little posters that show what grade they're going into, or something that's theme related that makes it into a little bit more of a special event. That is, is something that will help to sell the sessions. Okay. Okay. By making, uh, doing special things, uh, special event. Exactly. Sort of thing. Yeah, so if you're doing back to school as your theme, then it's good to come up with some props or a background or something that relates to that theme that turns it into what the theme is called. Okay. And then, um, so then you're getting closer to the day of the event. So one of the things that you're going to want to make sure that you're really careful of is making sure you have really clear communication because you're dealing with a lot of clients in the same day. So make sure that like one week before you send out a reminder email and then the day before you send out a confirmation email with all of the information on the location and confirm their time and make sure that it's very clear because even though in our mind we think we're being clear, in the client's mind, they maybe have a lot going on and they thought it was this and it's actually that. And so you don't want to be clearing up that information on your photo session day, you're going to want to have that all delivered the week before and the day before. So make sure that you're really, you know, careful with your communication and that they understand everything. Gotcha. So then you're at your day of your mini session and this is, you know, where it all happens. And if you've set yourself up correctly, hopefully that, that particular day will go smoothly. So you've got one person coming in and the next person is leaving you know, make sure that you tell them to arrive on time, maybe have a little sticker or a treat to hand out after the children are done with their session. And then as soon as they're done with their session, you're going to want to then again communicate to them what happens next so that they're clear. So you might say to them, okay, now that the session is done, I will be contacting you within a week with your images or whatever it is that you've decided. You want to make sure that you've decided on your timeline before the session so that you can tell them at the end of the session what's going to happen next, okay? So decide on a timeline before the event and as well as... Yeah, so, your, what, uh, your, um, before. yeah, so the timeline is going to be in terms of what happens after the day of the photos. So like, are you going to email them a week after? Are they going to order prints? Are they going to get digital images? How long is it going to take? You want to make sure that all of those decisions are made ahead of time so that you're not having to decide that on that day, you know, so kind of what are you giving them with their mini session? Are you giving them digital images? Are you giving them a print? Are you giving them a couple of prints? And then if so, make sure you tell them at the end of their session, because a lot of times people are very preoccupied with the session itself when you're booking it and when you're at the session. Mm -hmm. and 
finally when the session is done and the pressure's off is when they can actually listen to you and remember what you're telling them. So that's a really great time. As soon as the photos are done, you can say, you know, I think it went really well. Here's what happens next. And then tell them right then and there, just in a couple of sentences, I'm going to email you in a week with your digital images or however, whatever you decided to do. Gotcha. And then you just want to make sure that now that they've done a mini session with you, that you remain in contact with them, whether it's in, you know, on your Facebook page or you keep your list of clients on an email list and you stay in touch with them because hopefully they'll return back to you and hopefully they'll next time book a full session with you and you know, you want to try to then create sort of a buzz around it when you go to post on your Facebook page and you can tag them and their friends can see it. And that's really how you get the ball rolling. So you do a mini session because they get a sample of your work, but also hopefully they'll return and hopefully they'll, their friends will see and they will also return as well. Okay. And then to go back to your free photo day that's coming up, if I were you, I would try to, if anyone is bringing any children to that free photo event, maybe you can mm -hmm. bring even one or two little back to school props with you and ask if it's okay if you take a sample image of them with those back to school props so that you can use that in your advertising for your mini session. Okay. So you're sort of taking care of two things at once. You're planning ahead. So when you do a mini session event, it's really important that you show an image on your advertisement and it's a really, it's even better if you can show it with the props that relate to your mini session. So while you're doing this, you know, free photo session anyway, you might as well bring a basket of apples or, you know, a globe or something that's back to school related and just get a quick couple of images that you'll be able to then use later in your ad. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like you might as well just take care of that while you have that opportunity and then you can use those images and, and create your ad for your next event. Awesome. Okay. So what questions do you have about running a mini session event? Does that, I know that's kind of a lot of information and I will be following up with, you know, we'll, we're starting our mini session training right now for fall because everybody's kind of getting into that. But um, it can, you know, and sometimes they can be hit or miss. Sometimes you can book them really quickly and sometimes you don't get anything right away, but it doesn't mean you're never going to be successful with mini sessions. They can be really hit or miss. So it sometimes just takes a little bit of persistence with it to get the ball rolling, but stick with it. And, and it should, you know, be something that you're able to, you know, get a lot of people interested in. And then that's how you build your real clientele is you start with the sample and then you go from there. Oh, I wanted to also tell you in terms of pricing and what you're giving, what I like to suggest is that you price your mini sessions at about 50% of what your normal session fee would be. So you don't want to price it really, really, really low. You still want to price it 50 to 60% of what you would normally charge. So say you normally charge $200, then you can charge maybe $100 for your mini session, but you only want to give about 10% of the product. So, you know, if you are 20% of the product, I mean, so if you give, um, you know, 25 images normally or 20 images normally, then you want to only give four images. So it's just a very small sample. If you give too much product on a mini session, that doesn't give them any reason to come back for a full session next time. Okay. 
And then the other option you can do is if you sell four digital images or five digital images, you can give them the option to purchase more. Like say you take 10 images, you give them five included, and then you can show them more and give them the choice to purchase more. Okay. So only give them a few of them. Yep. And have the option to purchase more. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Because you're, you're giving them a, a lower price point. And so then they have the option to, you know, you can sort of upsell them and say, well, if you want more images, I can sell more to you at this cost. And, and then that way you have an opportunity to make a little bit more money on the end. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, pricing was one of my big things of trying to figure out the right price. And yeah. on my website, as well as my blog that I have, I put tentative pricing will change at such as like I think it was at the end of the year the way this is what I've been told you know, the way it, make it makes it easier to change it in case someone has looked at it already yeah um, and you can also do your you know you can you really when you do your pricing you want to figure out how much it's costing you to run your business what is your cost of doing business and then you you figure out how much you're going to be working and then you figure out how much you're going to charge and from there, since you're still very new, you can post that or tell people, this is my full pricing, but right now I'm in a portfolio building stage. And so this is my portfolio building discount for the next you know, three months. And you don't have to put a time frame on that. You can just say it's temporary. And then that way they know that there will be an end to your portfolio building pricing. But Usually at the beginning, people do offer that portfolio building discount because you're still getting practice, you're still building your portfolio, you're still trying to get your name out there, so keep your prices a little lower. But at the end of the day, you have your full price list figured out so that you know where you want to go. And honestly, a lot of people don't notice when you raise your prices. Until you've been in business several years and you have a lot of returning clients, mm -hmm. you can change your prices and most people won't notice. All right. You see my website, right? Yes. For many sessions, what I originally did was, you know, I split it up uh, from like $25 to for 15 minutes. Uh-huh. Um, was my lowest. Yeah. Well, Still new because I mean right now I don't have that many expenses. Yeah. As it is, pretty much gas is my biggest expense. Right. That I have. I'm probably going to use what I have right now as my portfolio building. Mm -hmm. But I guess I'm still trying to figure out what to change, how to change it, kind of thing. What do you mean? What to change for what? The future. Back you know, when I first started, back in May, when I was trying to build up websites and things of that nature, trying to do this always had trouble figuring out how to narrow things down, how to break it out. Well, when you look at your pricing and you look at your expenses, I know that you said you have gas, but even though that's the only thing that you're paying out of pocket each time you go to a photo session, there's actually a lot more overhead expenses that you are paying for without even realizing it, okay? So you have okay. a camera and you have a lens and you have a computer and you have internet service and you have electricity and all of those things are figured into your expenses for your business and here's what's going to happen you're going to be working for a while and suddenly you're going to need a new lens or your camera is going to need to be repaired or your computer memory is going to run out and you're going to need an external hard drive and so you have to think in advance that those expenses are going to come up because you don't want to just be moving along and one day your memory runs out in your computer and you need to buy a $100 external hard drive and that's not figured into the cost of your doing business. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
So since you're so early on, you haven't had to start investing back in your business, but I can promise you the expenses are, are surprising when they start to come into play. So if you're paying for a Photoshop subscription or you need to get insurance or these things will start to, to add to your list as you move along and you start to build your business. And so at some okay. point, you're going to want to sit down and list everything that you're using to run your business in terms of equipment and your home office kind of thing and your car and your, you know, not just the gas, but also the mileage that you're putting on your car. And, you know, you're going to need to upgrade your equipment. It's just going to run out of, you're going to have to do that at some point. So you need to get more lenses. You're going to need to get a backup camera. You are going to need to update your computer and your memory. So all, and then once you start to get into prints and that kind of thing. So even though it, it's, it's kind of an illusion. It feels like you're not spending any money. You're going to be spending money eventually. So those are things that you're going to want to okay. sit down and list out and include them for sure. Because when those expenses start coming up, you're going to be thinking, oh my gosh, it really is expensive. And those need to be covered in your cost of your pricing. You really are still in a portfolio building stage. So it's, it's okay to be at a, at a lower price point for now. I mean, you're going to want to continue practicing and continue just getting people in the door for, you know, a good six months to a year. And then by the end of this first year, you really should be charging. If you're working consistently and you're, you're improving your skills and you're building your client list, then by the end of this first year, by next May, you should really be at your full pricing where you want to be. But, you know, for now, you're just going to want to sort of creep your pricing up a little bit at a time. And as you start to get busy, definitely don't hold back on raising your prices. If you're getting clients and, and you're having people coming through your door, that's when, you know, maybe do three clients and then raise your prices a little bit and do three more clients and then raise your prices a little bit more and just sort of continue to move up until you're at a place where it's covering those expenses and the future expenses. Okay. And it sounds a little overwhelming at the beginning and it can be, but the more you, you know, continue to learn about these things and look at these things and, and I'm here to questions for you as well, you'll start to understand the direction that you're moving in. And once you get to that place of I'm running a business and it's consistent, it sort of becomes easier because it repeats itself and it's the same information, the same pricing, the same cost. So it will start to level off at year two when you, when you know what you're doing and you know what everything costs and, and it'll, you know, the beginning is always one of the hardest stages. Okay. All right. So it sounds like we've gotten a lot covered today. Do you have any other questions you want to ask me right now? Yes. Right now I have website. I have, you know, social media. I can register my name with my county. Mm -hmm. I even have a tagline, that sort of thing. Um, mm -hmm. What would be a good next step for me in case something happens? I mean, I've been told that getting a DBA might be a good idea. Yeah. So the net, you're talking about with legally setting up your business. Is that the question you're asking? I guess more of the business side of things. Yeah. What you're going to want to do I is... I this also relates to pricing, but... Yeah, and you're gonna that you're going to want to look into your local area and find out what the requirements are for your local area. And a lot of people, a lot of local cities have community colleges that have a small business center that have free services where you can go in there and say, I'm starting a business, this is where I am in the process. And they volunteer to help people 
with the beginning stages of setup on whether you should get a you know DBA or LLC or what direction that you're going to go in. I think typically most photographers will go the LLC route, and um, so that keeps them it's their personal ownership is covered under that you know you're never going to be sued and your home is not going to be taken from you so your business is separate from your personal that's what an llc does is it protects you separately from your business um if you were ever to okay. sued or something like that but you're going to want to look in your area in terms of like where you are in the process you're starting to take money do you need to be registered and what the qualifications are in your local area but i would look into um, a small business center in your area or something, someone that can specifically advise you in that area. Small business center, uh, you said something about a college? Yeah, a lot of times they have them for free in the community colleges. So if there is a college in your area, especially a community college, um, I would just call their main office and ask if they have a small business center that helps um, community members with their small businesses. Okay. And that would be your first step. If you can find a resource like that, that's really, really helpful. And mainly, because, mainly because each area and each state has different requirements. Um, another thing you can do is look and see if there's a local Facebook group for photographers or even small business owners, and they might have more information for you based on your area as well. But, um, you know, the, the looking into the DBA or the LLC or those kinds of things is definitely one of the things that you're going to want to do within the first year. You're going to want to look into getting insurance to cover your business. And then the other thing you're going to want to do is start to use contracts and model releases. Those are two very important documents that you're going to want to implement right away. And honestly, a contract... I have, um, Go ahead. I have, um, already, I have two forms of model releases. One for a uh, normal model release and I have a minor yeah, release. Yeah, perfect. Exactly. And then are you using a contract? I don't have a contract yet. Okay. So I... I went to a legal... Yeah. And I ended up getting a six-page... Yeah, and honestly, if you can just put something in writing that says, and a contract is a form of communication in writing with your client, telling you and the other person what they are going to give and what they are going to receive and what, are, what you are going to give and what you are going to receive. So it's basically, at the end of the day, a written piece of communication so that everybody understands what's going to happen. And that's why it's so important because if okay. something is miscommunicated or misunderstood, you can then refer back to the contract and say, this is where we talked about this information. You're getting four digital images and it says it right here and this is the cost, you know, so that way it just covers you so that you can refer to that. Okay. And using, even if you're not at a place where you are going to hire an attorney and go that route, using something is better than using nothing. Having something in writing is, is better than nothing, okay? Okay. So over the course of the next year, those are all the things that you're going to want to have in place. And they will take time, and it's okay that it's going to take time. You don't have to panic and feel like everything has to be done before this weekend. But just as long as you have the list and you're working off of the list and you're checking off one thing at a time in the right direction, you're going to be fine. Yeah, my biggest problem is uh, figuring out what to put on that list. Yeah, well, this is a good start. What we talked about today um, is definitely a good start. Looking into a small business center, looking into insurance, which you can start looking into insurance through PPA, which is the Professional Photographers Association, or 
You can even go through, if you have homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance, you can contact your company and say that you're starting up a small photography business and you want to find out information on insurance to cover your equipment and also liability insurance to cover if somebody were injured during a uh, You said, because uh, I own a, my own house, so I have a homeowner's insurance, so you say that for um, equipment? Equipment? And coverage, yeah, and then also liability. Okay. And they can point you in the right direction if they can't help you specifically. They can probably refer you to someone that can. Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, that's enough for your list right now. If you can just start working, you know, I don't want to overwhelm you with, with too much. So if you can just start with the things that we talked about today, you know, with the small business center, making sure that you get the contract in place, looking into setting yourself up legally as a business and getting the insurance, then that's going to take plenty of time for you to get that going. But that definitely is going to send you in the right direction. That sounds great. Okay. All right. Well, it was so good talking to you today, Lauren. I'm glad that we had a chance to talk and hopefully you can start to implement these things and you can, um, you know, ask questions of me in the group and I'm happy to help you in any way and just let me know what kind of things you need help with. And that's what I'm here for. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. You have a great day. Thanks so much for calling in. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Photographers Podcast. Find us online at confidentphotographers.com.